0: the rights to face Andre Galvão at 2021 ADCC World Championships. Will it be Marcus albeda Puchesha or Gordon Ryan?
1: Dang, how's that for a a little wake-up call there? Good morning, Grappling fans. Welcome to episode three of Who's Number One have a full cast in here this morning. We have Ricardo Amandoyo calling in, Michael Sears joining me in my right, Ryan Smith in the back over there, and myself, Chase, your host. Uh, good morning, fellas. How are we feeling this morning?
2: Uh, really looking forward to that Gordon Ryan movie tonight. If you guys don't know, Ryan Smith sitting there in
1: the back uh, puts that together. So it's like a
2: 20-minute uh, Gordon Ryan video?
1: Yeah, that's right, man. Yeah, looking forward to it, The King. Give, a, give the fans out there a little bit of uh, a tease. What can they expect from this film? Man, we had five shooters
3: on this project, so we didn't miss a second of uh, Gordon Ryan's journey through ADCC. I'm uh, I'm really excited to show it to the fans tonight.
1: Any st- any standout moments? Anything you really enjoyed?
3: Uh, he has a surprising reaction after taking double gold. I won't give anything away, but uh, it's unique. All right,
1: well there so, you have uh, it.
0: I'm gonna I'm gonna cut in here for a second, Chase, as I did last week. Ryan, I got a question for You're you. So
1: testy, Ricardo. <laughs>
0: <laughs> now you know Gordon Ryan gets a lot of hate out there. Is he going to be more hated or more loved after this documentary comes out tonight, Ryan? Just just tell us that much at least.
3: More loved before. You're going to see a side of Gordon Ryan that you haven't seen before.
1: Interesting. There you have it. Uh, you guys can watch that tonight at 9 p.m. Eastern. It's going on the site. And, of course, will be available for on-demand uh, replay at any time at your leisure. But uh, let's jump into some recap stuff It was a busy weekend in Jiu Jitsu We had a pretty wild fight to win There was a, a couple big IBJJF events And uh, some other things going on Michael, let, let's dive into that What's happened there?
2: Uh, you want to first Let's get into an uh, update on the ranking stuff With uh, well, our live event coming soon We have a bunch oh, of big right. names uh, committed to that already A bunch of big blue and purple belts It's going to be a big black belt fight Probably f- around February 8th I think around kids' pants time Rankings have been expanded There's over 1,200 people in there now and also next week, we're dropping the team rankings. So
1: Team rankings is the first time we ever had those, right?
2: Yeah, well, this is going to be less sort of opinion based. It's going to be, uh, we're going to add up basically points based on who they have ranked individually at like blue, purple, brown, black, make best blue belt team, best black belt team, so, so forth, and then overall. So it'll be uh, pretty interesting. This
1: is a, a G how, ranking.
0: How can the team rankings get. Michael Sears any more heat than he's already in with the individual I'm rankings. Not that much I can't, much, can't he- wait to see I can't wait to see what happens next week when the team captains yeah. see these rankings. Luchesha
1: yeah. Bus- yeah. had a message to, uh, to Michael last weekend, I believe. A uh, little call out there. He's having some fun. It's there good to see people engaging with the rankings. Ricardo's you know? out there instigating but if Vucecia <laughs> even
2: knows about him, that makes me feel good, you know. Uh, it means exactly. they matter. But, uh, yeah, I mean, there's, you know, some people get mad, but... Uh, there's been a, a lot of positive feedback too. We get all kinds of messages of people, like especially the color belts. All kinds of color belts reaching out, really appreciative of, of the ranking. Because I mean, we got top 25 at purple belt and top 25 at brown belt now. So there's a lot of guys getting their name out there. So
1: just like 300 point.
2: ranked brown belts, is that correct? Yeah, something like like 300 per- purple belts, 300 brown belts,
1: something like That's that. That's insane. So I should get on those rankings one of these days. <laughs> I'm, gonna, yeah, I'm gonna have to put you back in there. <laughs> got to cut down the rooster, maybe then I'll get <laughs> then I'll get on the rankings. Um, each week, we kind of do a little bit of a, a criteria update on the rankings because there's always something that happens uh, that calls into question the rankings and it creates good discussion. I think we want to talk a little bit about uh, closeouts and, and fake matches this week.
2: Well, not as much clo- closeouts. I got a few uh, grumpy messages from people. Like I said, most of the feedback's usually positive, but some some tournaments to try and discourage closeouts make teammates fight each other, right? Mm. And then people go. They have these uh, these rigged matches, these these works or whatever, right? Like like a WWE match. And then they then they message me and say, Hey, I didn't really lose that match. Uh, it was a closeout, but no, you went out there and got triangled. You had a match. I mean, if you go out there, you have a match that takes place. You lose, win or lose. I mean, we're counting it as a real win or loss. I don't see any other way, really.
1: Ricardo, you have any rebuttal out there? I know you're you're, um. you're, the, you're the opposition. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so the thing that, about closeouts, about um, stuff like that in general, I'm not a huge fan of it myself. But Leo Vieira made a good point to me once, and he said, you know, the closeout and allowing the closeout kind of separates jujitsu from other sports. And I know wrestling doesn't have closeouts. A lot of individual uh, competitor sports don't have closeouts. But this is jujitsu's its own thing. It's its own culture. So allowing the closeouts kind of differentiates it as a sport. Now, do I agree with it? I, I, I see his side of it, you know, so it's an interesting take. But, but, if you're going to go out there and WWE it and go out there and get tapped and then complain to Michael Sears about the rankings, uh-uh, you lost, you decided, that's it, you go down on the rankings. So, you know, if you're going to go do the, the fake match, it's got to be worth it in the end for you.
1: But what if... Uh... What if it's not your choice? Let me play double advocate a little bit here. You know, a lot of a lot of the closeouts and maybe even some of these fake matches are based on you know relationships amongst teammates. And um, someone might be more senior, might be next in line, as some might say. Do they have a choice? Should they be penalized for that? I think
2: if you're going to get if if that's the situation, if you're going to go into a bracket where you're going to have to put on a fake match, and you know you're going to meet the guy, just I mean, don't enter the same bracket as your teammate. Pull out, you know, work it out. Because so, w- w- I mean, if you go out there and have a fake match, you're gonna lose. And I think uh, something else to point out, uh, another thing we get messaged about is, uh, I'm not moving you up for winless medals. If you show up to Ooh. say the Orlando Open and there's nobody in your weight class, as opposed to some other rankings or whatever, it's it's not gonna move you up in these ones. You got to go out and earn earn the gold medal.
1: Yeah, I gotta say, um, one, one of the cringiest things I've seen, and it's it happens every every tournament, but sometimes at even bigger ones. Someone will enter a division with nobody else in it and post their gold medal <laughs> like, like they won. I, I don't know. It doesn't, yeah. it doesn't count for me. There's
2: always no podium in that picture. But, yeah, I mean, it sucks that nobody else showed up. But, I mean, you can't, you can't expect to deserve credit for it. Like, you really won the same as somebody who won three or four matches at the same tournament.
1: Yeah, it seems a little bit outrageous and definitely does not contribute to, to the rankings there. Yeah. Um. Let's see what else is going on though these days. We have a uh, few big events around the corner, right? We have Spider next week going down. we have talking a lot about Spider. We'll dive into that discussion about the hundred kilogram bracket a bit later in this this conversation today. BJJ fanatics is this weekend. Michael, you're going out to Boston. How do you feel about that, man? To
2: Boston, it's like a thirty-two man uh, submission only EBI rules event. Uh, late replacement there. Gordon was in there, but I believe hurt his ribs. and Now we got Nick Rodriguez, but there's a bunch of other studs, you know, Hulk, uh, Tex Johnson. Yeah, it's it's a really uh, Interesting bracket, and I'm, I'm really interested to watch it, see how it goes down.
1: Of course, uh, some third coast grappling news dropped this week. Rodolfo Vieira, unfortunately, has pulled out of that tournament, but we have a great replacement with Herbert Santos taking on Gordon Ryan. Do you think this match is going to actually happen? I don't know if it does. I don't think it's going to be good for Erber. It's tough match. It's a tough, I, match. It's I a mean, tough match for Herbert. This is a
2: an, uh, nogi an match, correct? That is correct. I, I, I do not see that working out well for Erber. Uh, what do you think about this match up there, Ricardo?
0: I mean, the odds are absolutely in Gordon's favor. Um, Something always crazy happens whenever Herbert Santos steps on the mat, whether he gets into a brawl, whether he does an amazing submission, whether he shocks the world, or whether he looks like he peed his pants. I don't know. Something crazy always happens. I'm hoping that at least the match is somewhat competitive. But if you look at Herbert's um, Nogi matches in the past, he hasn't really done well against leg lock guys now if you take that tool away from his opponent he's actually not that bad he has a big win over Murillo Santana a few years ago at the LA Grand Slam I rewatched it um so he kind of could make it somewhat competitive if the heel hooks are not there and I heard a rumor that he's trying to get that taken away in the match but at the end of the day you know Gordon Ryan we all know he's more than a one-trick pony and it doesn't matter if heel hooks are allowed or not I, I look for Gordon Ryan to take away this victory for sure
1: right. yeah. Ryan in the back there I want you to put yourself in the mind of Herber Santos if you're Herber Santos what are you doing when you face Gordon Ryan
3: man uh, <laughs> just try, pretend you're Herber just trying to keep my composure together and uh, try not get it, to get
1: torn apart by Gordon that's fair. Yeah, is an emotional I, I guy.
2: Think leg locks are none. I, I mean, I think Gordon probably wouldn't even go out there and try and leg lock him. I think Gordon would probably want to beat him positionally a little bit more because they talked a lot of trash to each other online. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I think leg locks are not. Uh, Erbers in for a bad night there.
1: We'll see what happens there. Uh,
2: Grapplefest 7-2.
1: That's right. That's coming. We have a really busy week. On November 23rd, we have events in Korea. Uh, the UK where Grapple Fest Seven is going to be held with a main event of Craig Jones versus Adam Borzinski. I think both Ruotolo Tola brothers are on the card. Dante Leon's on the card. Dante Leon versus Marcio, Marcio Andre. Yeah. Uh, a lot of really uh, sick local grapplers as well. And then of course we have Fight to Win uh, One Thirty Two. Is that the right number there? With a main event of Gary Tonin versus Davi Hamos. That's a sick match as well.
2: That's insane. Uh, first off, Ricardo, what do you uh, what do you think about this Warzynski, uh Craig Jones matchup? How do you see that one playing out?
0: love that match uh stylistically huge contrast in styles um if i were in wardzinski's corner i would say go review the andre galvao Huzamar pajares match and watch how galvao used the butterfly guard the hook sweeps to set up a lot of his attacks on pajares we know wardzinski's a master of the butterfly guard he's got an awesome system there so i think that Galval kind of laid out the framework of how to beat a dangerous leg locker uh in no nogi match so anything could happen but craig jones is it's craig jones man he's you know what i mean he's on another level too uh, i'm pretty sure he could do his homework on how to defeat the butterfly guard so i i love this match can't wait to see it go down
2: yeah i think craig's got to be considered a, a big favorite there i'm a big fan of adam's game but i mean at adcc i mean he had uh Sort of a controversial ref decision over Perez. A lot of people mm-hmm. thought Perez took it, uh, but it, either way, it went the distance, and
1: then got tapped by Hinger. And Craig Jones, I mean, tapped his way to the final. Looked great there. Absolutely, it's also a 20-minute submission-only match, so that that changes things up. You know, Adam can play a bit more conservatively if if he feels like he's being threatened. We'll see, but uh, very exciting things and great to see more events out of the UK. Now, that means, though, November 23rd, with all those events across the globe, you can basically watch Jiu Jitsu competition for uh, like 22 hours straight. Not a full day, but almost. So, uh, because Fight Twin 132 is in Hawaii, actually. You got Hawaii,
2: you got Korea, and you got Liverpool, England that we have events streaming from that weekend. So, yeah, they're all going to be different time zones.
1: So, yeah, just cancel all your plans and watch Jiu Jitsu for 24 hours. A lot of good stuff. Um, Should we move on then to promotion news? What do you guys think? Debut this yeah. new graphic we made. we made. Flexing my graphic design skills here a little bit. You guys can make fun of me at home. One um, of,
2: yeah, one of the big name uh, teens over the last couple of years. Mm. Colabate, uh training at AOJ now. Uh, promoted a blue belt in 2020. He'll be eligible to be in the juvenile division. So yeah, it'll be exciting. He'll be competing with the big boys now at you know juveniles instead of kids pants. He's going to be at pins and worlds with the adults. So it'll be the
1: cool. uh, the question mark stands. Where do we rank Kolobate now that he's moved divisions?
2: That's a good question. Last last season we only had juvenile overall rankings. I think this year I'm going to do juvenile one and juvenile two on their own. But I mean, he's going to be going in with the same kids he was with a teen. So, I mean, if he was beating them then, he's still going to be ranked above them now. So, if we do Juvenile 1 rankings, I think, yeah, we'll go in number one in whatever way he's at. And he's another guy that talked to Guy about, he'll be on our event, who's number
1: one when it comes up. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. Love watching Cole Abate. He, of course, uh, was in Texas for a very long time before moving out to AOJ earlier this year. just a few uh, Excuse me, earlier this fall, really, just a few weeks ago. And uh, poised to do really great things in the next level, I'm sure. Very dynamic young man. But, uh
2: there's there's more of them. Gee sent me a list. There was Gustavo. You're checking a list right now. Gustavo Ogawa, Steve Gomez, Lauren Sognefest, and Nathan Nichols. He said he, Gee's really pumped on this crew that he's got going into Juvenile One. He's got five or six kids who are like several-time Kids Pants champions, just mm. winning the biggest tournaments at their age, and they're all going into Juvenile One next year. So I think we're just like a couple years out from seeing an army of competitors at Adult at AOJ.
1: Ricardo, you've got a, a relationship with Gee. What is their long term strategy? Maybe with with really developing their their kids teams. I feel like they've put a bigger emphasis than maybe anyone else.
0: Yeah, so um, I'm story time, guys. I'm going to give you guys a little story here. Gotcha. So I remember when Aoj when the Mendez brothers first came to Canada back in 2010, and we were discussing them moving to California, and um, you know they were telling us we're going to open an academy. We're partnering with Ruka, blah blah blah. And the one thing that they said immediately before they open. We're going to focus on a killer kids team. And we were kind of like, what? Like, what are you going to – why don't you just get, like, all these other top blue? He's like, no, 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 no. We want to groom our own kids from white to black belt. So if we get them young, by the time they're blue and purple, they're going to dominate the adults. And then by the time they get to black, they're going to be on just so far other level. And we didn't really understand it at the time, but now we see what's happened. You know, a like, uh, kid like Cole obviously came from another gym from Texas. He's a human highlight reel, this kid. And, uh, you know, working with the Mendes brothers, working at AOJ with a room full of killers. I don't want to call kids killers, but a room full of very talented kids. <laughs> Straight up killers. Um, you know that his level is just going to go through the roof, too. So, you know, it's been part of their strategy since day one at AOJ. They have one of the best, if not the best kids team out there so yeah it's just you know very nice to see the fruits of their labor well
2: you've seen come through the juvenile ranks there, like uh Jessicahn, uh tynan dalpra jonathan Alves. i mean they've already had kids that were juveniles there that are killing it now so i mean yeah they're just going to keep
1: cranking them out and i think they're going to have a really stacked adult team in a couple of years yeah no doubt and this i want to touch on this a little bit because it <clears throat> excuse me leads back into uh somewhat controversial post that went out this Monday. Uh, I wrote an article, of the Grappling Bulletin, which asked the question, does the jiu-jitsu belt system need a rebrand? And, you know, maybe a little bit salacious headline. Really, if you, if you read it, you would see that I proposed not so much that the belt colors change or that there's less of them, but that um, maybe some kind of pro tour was created where – you qualify by winning a tournament at your belt rank, whatever that is. could be even green belts, let's say. And that puts you into a, a pro division, which is all belts. Anyone who's qualified is in it, and you get to, to win. The argument being that this allows um, younger athletes or uh, up-and-coming athletes to take a shot at some of the more established black belts or anyone really uh, to help build their brand because we see this already in no-gee. And no gi, we have people like Nicky Ryan, William Tackett, taking on these 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 established black belts and making a, a bigger name for themselves earlier in their careers, which to me is only a good thing. But I caught a lot of flack. A lot of people said that wasn't necessary or uh, was was were fine the way it is in gi Jiu-Jitsu. What do you guys think about all that?
2: Well, I mean, juvenile blue belts are sort of their own thing, really. I mean, uh, they're not the same as the regular. But like you, if you if you follow the scene, you realize the adult blue belts a lot of times don't go into more success because the best blue belts. Generally, are at the juvenile level. Mm-hmm. These guys, they show up the next year at purple belt at 18 years old and, and win worlds. So, I mean, yeah, these juvenile kids are unbelievable. I mean, when I used to coach kids, you'd go to kids' pans and the yellow belts. I mean, they look like high-level purple belts. I mean, if you've been doing it since you're 5 years old, by the time you're 18, I mean, you're pretty high level. But, yeah, I don't know about changing the, uh, the belt system up or anything, but, yeah, these these juvenile blue belts are a problem. I mean, if you've seen how high le- – I mean, Cole's basically been black belt level technique since, since I found out about him when he was like 10 years old or whatever, so
3: –
1: yeah ryan any uh spicy comments coming through back there anyone calling me out
3: no, no no uh nobody calling you out yet but uh no
1: mustache comments let's see not a single one <laughs> i'm keeping it for you guys at home
3: but yeah I, I gotta agree with mike you know uh cole is really easy for me to talk about I, i've known him since he was a little kid and even as a little kid i you know he had a brown or black belt um you know technique so putting him in uh in a pro division like you're suggesting would uh would really give him a challenge moving forward
1: I got one fan, one fan in the room thank you Ryan Yeah, uh, um Ricardo's been noticeably silent on the issue I don't think he likes my idea
0: well I mean you look at
1: you're wrong Ricardo when we
0: talk about Jiu Jitsu <laughs> <laughs> when we talk about Jiu Jitsu in general your examples are the exceptions which are these exceptional kids right but why are and, they, and they exceptions
1: ca- only the rare few well, get the chance yeah, who's Cole fight I think we've more He's, exceptions Cole's
2: 120 pounds, who's he going to fight in this pro league thing
1: Talita Allen car. <laughs>
2: Wait, man, so uh,
0: Why not? No, my, my, point is, my, point is, my point is, my point is, if you have a hundred competitor or a hundred, let's say you have a hundred students at a gym, right? Like maybe five to ten percent of them, maybe fifteen, maybe twenty at the most are actually competitors out of those kids. You know what I mean? Like Cole is like at the highest, highest, highest level. So we, if we change the 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 way that kids are promoted or the belt system in general based on just the highest level competitors i don't know like jujitsu, is so much more you know broader than that so it's it's a tough one i'm not saying no but you know what i'm saying like we can't base it off of it's like the old uh there's there's a meme or or whatever like about marcelo garcia people would say well but marcelo garcia does it this way and it's like well marcelo garcia is the exception to the rule he's not the rule you know what i mean so do you know what i'm saying
2: I think you're going to uh, end up stunting some of these kids' growth a little bit. I mean, I mean, th- he's the same age and same uh, belt as the other ones. Like, if you start bumping them up to uh, higher – I mean, let them let do down there and, you know, beat up on people and, and go practice their moves or whatever as opposed to fighting older people and, you know, getting beat up for a few years, maybe getting discouraged or whatever, fighting bigger people. Uh,
1: Fair points, but uh, I guess on that note, we'll just talk about the 16-year-old that beat the ADCC silver medalist. Probably has – You know, proves me wrong, I guess, that that happened. But uh, we're talking about Fight to Win 131. Ty Tolo had a great performance against Wagner Hosha. Pretty wild match there. I think we even have a clip um, from that we can run here. Very, very gritty, rough match.
2: Yeah, there wasn't uh, too much action in it. Like, this is something going on with Fight to Win right now. It's like, it used to be guys would show up to Fight to Win and play like an IBJJF match. Now ADC season fashion, guys are just showing up and wrestling each other, which Mm -hmm. I don't really get with the Fight to Win rules. There was a lot of push and clubbing each other, but... Uh yeah, I mean it was sort of controversial at the end about but I mean if you go to the fight to win rules where you 8 minutes nothing happens, I mean it's your fault if you lose a ref's decision, right?
1: Yeah, uh I wasn't shocked by the result. I it could have really gone either way like you said. A lot of the match played out quite like this. Um, there was a fun scramble at the end and I wish they would have gone on the ground sooner because both guys are really quick and,
2: and- yeah fight to win rolls, just pull guard if, if I mean instead of trying to take each other down forever just somebody just sit and start working for submissions I mean the takedown doesn't really help you there as you saw at the end Wagner's the one who got the takedown mm. after eight minutes of wrestling Wagner got the takedown and he ends up losing the match on ref's decision so I don't get the unless you just really aren't confident in your guard I don't, I don't get trying to fight for the takedown that long and fight to win
1: Got to give a shout-out to Wagner, though, for taking the match. You Absolutely,
2: know. and for Ty for hanging in there with him. I mean, when I was 16 years old, I was working at Blockbuster and going to high school. I mean, he's out there fighting <laughs> Wagner and holding his own, so, I mean. I was the Ace Hardware movie.
1: employee. Yeah. Was was very unhelpful to almost everyone that came in, but I was there putting in that work.
2: Yeah, it's unbelievable that Wagner uh, – unbelievable for Ty, what it says about Ty, that such a beast like Wagner, second place ADC, ADC, can't just go out there and just ragdoll him. Like, yeah. how how, how – how big of a monster? Is Ty, Ty looks Perrette? huge, by the way. He looks yeah. way bigger than ADCC. Yeah, he yeah he was telling me at ADCC when I interviewed him that they were thinking maybe next time Cade could go sixty six and he would go seventy seven. Because so I think it, I think it was a struggle for him to get down there.
1: Yeah, he definitely looked much bigger this time around. He looked bigger than Wagner almost in some ways. So uh, shout out to Ty for for really putting on the line there and Wagner. Wagner had a huge cut at the end of this fight didn't stop him from finishing, so I'm sure we'll see both those guys back in action very soon
2: Yeah, we had Hinger and Marillo, but I mean that one was sort of a stalemate, they just couldn't get anything going. Murillo pulled guard Nobody could get anything going on each other. But I think the match of the night, out of the, out of the big matches, was Jamie Canuto and Edwin Nashmi.
1: Yeah, it was a wild match. Uh, when we caught a little bit of flack for due to some social media posts, sorry, we got a new social guy that uh, got a bit enamored with this excellent flying triangle attack watch, Jamie Canuto.
2: Watch the, watch the power bomb out here. He, Jamie goes Rampage Jackson on him, and then Jamie's passing <laughs> was just on point, man.
1: Yeah, that was vicious. Uh, I'm <laughs> glad that Edwin seems to be fine, yeah. you know, that... Uh, you never really know if those big slams could could affect you a couple days later, but I haven't seen any posts, so that's great. But yeah, it was all Canuto after that slam. Jamie's
2: Torriandos were ridiculous. look, he's just Toriano and left and right. Eventually, gets the mount. I mean, yeah, dominant performance. You, you get a chance to check this one out, Ricardo?
0: Yeah, yeah. So I've been studying uh, that match. I've been looking at a lot of the GF teams uh, passing over the last few days. Got a breakdown video coming out soon on that, so stay tuned. But man, his passing was on point. Toriano sidestep. Back and forth, side to side. Just beautiful passing. Disengaged at the right time. Didn't allow Edwin to make connection. Um, just, you know, flattened the hips. Went left to right. Attained mount. Went for the armbar at the end after trying to cross collar choke. It was just an amazing match. And it, it's, you know, that that could have been, I don't know, was that fight of the night? Because to me, that was one of the most technical matches I've seen in a long time. Exciting. Uh, yeah, had everything. Flying arm locks, arm bars, everything. So, yeah, just some awesome passing by Jamie Canuto. Yeah,
2: and then what else we had? The IBJJF Rio Pro. I mean, not too much action. There were some good, decent brackets. Uh, Rafael Mansoor from Atos moved up a couple spots to number 13 after winning Featherweight, beat Sharno uh, Guerra. Uh, uh, one of the big names coming out of Brazil right now is this guy, Natan Chuang. He used to he be a – everything. Yeah, he used to be a Terre Ray guy. Uh, now he's Cicero Costa. He's from Cantagalo. And uh, he's a first-year black belt. He won the Rio Grand Slam. And then this last week, uh, if you want to put the graphic up of him uh, – this last week, he uh, tapped Pika Pau and won the Rio Pro. So back That's to the big a, tournaments. A beautiful graphic, by the way. What do yeah, you guys think? You guys like that? He's been climbing. He was 11 before this week. He was like high teens a couple weeks ago. But he's beat a lot of big names over the last couple of weeks. We have video actually, if you want to roll it, of him tapping Pika Pau.
1: Shout out to Caleb for making this happen. That is probably the best presentation we've ever had on this podcast. Shout
2: out to Natan too. We had a couple. <laughs> we had a couple guys from Brazil that messaged in with these cell phone clips. I mean. Of the, of their matches for us to show when he gets this submission here, but it's like yeah if you if you're at an event and uh, we're not streaming it and nobody else is streaming it and you have a cell phone clip yeah send it in if you get a big one, right here this is Pika Pao Pika Pao took second in the world what two or three years ago
1: I think he's a Brazilian silver medalist or a Brazilian national champion as well at one point Uh, um, right he no joke the either way
2: finishes them yeah so Natan Chuang is one of these guys that like. He was up and down at the color belt, but it looks like he's really figured something out at black belt, and I'm interested to see him this year. And he's he's doing sul americano this year, this weekend too. Very nice, very nice. South Americans this weekend. If he wins that one, he might even go to top five because he's that's a stacked field down there too.
1: Nice work from Nathan Chuang. Um,
2: also, we had a heavyweight Pedro Elias won it. Uh, ultra heavyweight Igor Schneider won, moved up a couple of spots. Uh, big uh, the women's Toledo won it at featherweight. Julia Boscher, double gold. The big news that it was at the Brown box was this guy Igor Lima. This guy, he's an NS Brotherhood guy. He's not from Sao Paulo. He's from Belém, and he was number four. He's one of these guys who doesn't have a visa. He's a Brazilian mm. national champ at Brown Butts already. He doesn't have a visa. He fought number one Andy Murasaki, and uh, he goes out there. Andy pulls guard, gets a single leg X, and then he he gets a footlock, a, foot a bochiniya, and uh, Andy Murasaki from the top taps him. So big win for him. He actually won double gold down there too.
1: Yeah, let's watch this clip here. Is this a, a, the Murasaki match?
2: Yeah, this is the final with Andy. I mean, Andy had just won. Remember last week he won that, like, world's-level bracket where he beat three top ten guys? At AJP uh, Rio. At AJP Rio, and then he's out here at the Rio Pro against Igor. who Igor's, you know, sort of an unknown. He's a guy who doesn't come to America. But watch this. Andy gets out there. He, he pulls guard, goes to single leg X, and then I think he just leaves his inside leg hanging a little bit, and Igor jumps on it, goes belly down, ankle lock. Finishes him. I think it was sort of a nasty one because the podium pick, Andy, wasn't there.
0: Yeah, beware of the Bochina. Beware, yeah, bo- beware of the Bochina.
2: Dude, everybody's going wild for the Bochina now. It's it, That's the, that's one of the trends right now, I think, in the Gi. The Bochina grabbing your own uh, collar, everybody's killing it with that. You're seeing, I think,
0: a lot more high-level straight ankle locks than you were a couple years ago right now. I heard uh, a stat out of Brazil that after my Bochinha breakdown from last week that they're up at least by 95%. The <laughs> yeah. submission rate but Bochinhas alone have been increased all over Brazil. So it's the watch the Balea out effect, for the next yeah.
1: breakdown. Balea effect. I like yeah, that. Yeah, if you guys real. haven't seen Trend that, starter. the Balea breakdown is a semi-regular, hopefully uh, even more regular uh, series we have where Ricardo, our resident expert here, breaks down some trends, some, some athlete specialties. Bocinia uh, focused a bit on Bianca Basilio. Is that right, Ricardo? And what did yeah, you we find?
0: Yeah, uh, Bas- we did the Basilio breakdown, and she is nasty with them. Don't let her smile fool you. Like I said last week, Basilio's coming there to break a leg and smile at the cameras. <laughs> we we
2: also had uh, the SJJIF Worlds. Worlds in quotation marks, because <laughs> I, I think we can all agree you're not a world champion for winning this one, but we had some good action there. We had Isaac Doderline won the uh, lightweight absolute beat Pablo Mantovani. Ronaldo Jr. lost to Gabriel Ameda 2-0 in his weight and then beat Tavio Souza. So that's a big win for Ronaldo Jr.
1: and An absolute final. In the heavyweight, heavyweight episode, absolute, he beat
2: Octavio yeah. Souza there. Lucas Valente won that tournament. Kennedy won that tournament. There's some decent names. It wasn't too deep, like small brackets, but
1: not much to review this week. But we got a lot of stuff to talk about coming up. That's right. Real quick, though, before we move on, um, we just put out, or it's about to be released a bit later today, our Ronaldo Jr. All-access piece. It's it's a uh, almost 10 minutes of action from his SJJF performance. Or no, excuse me. No, no, no. I'm talking about Long Beach, uh, Long Beach. Opa, Open. Mean, Sorry, that Long just Beach. came out. Yeah, I, I he won double gold there. Mixing the two. So yeah, Ronaldo's an active guy. But we back just put to out back
2: a, absolute uh, golds for him
1: from from Long Beach. So uh, check that out. Sorry, that was from the Long Beach Open, not from SJJIF. Mm-hmm. And we'll be on the site today. But yes, let's look forward now. Let's look ahead. Enough recapping. Um, should we jump right into Spider? What do you guys say? Let's get to Spider. All right. so we, have a, we did 76 last week. so That's right. And we're going to run this uh, 100 kilogram bracket video that Spider has produced. Uh, they make some of the, the slickest media in, in Jiu Jitsu for some sort of a one off event. <laughs> As you can see the bracket is absolutely stacked with some of the biggest names in our sport. Tim Spriggs, Lone American in there, Maragali, meeting meet the first round. Sears, it's uh,
0: Michaels, uh, did uh, Spriggs and Marigali ever face off before? Sorry.
2: Uh, I believe not. Ryan, can you check if uh, Spriggs and Marigali go to BJ Heroes for Spriggs or somebody? I don't yep. think they fought before. Spriggs actually won that match. He told me at Denver. He's like, I want Marigali, Low, and Adolfo. He said he wants the hardest road, and then he wants to buy a gold grill after he gets 100 grand. Hadolfo. Well, have earned it
1: for back. sure if he, if he makes it through this bracket. Yeah. So and there the you have Crazy ranking guys.
2: implications with this. I mean,
1: I'm not saying it on here, man.
2: Okay, yeah, I, I didn't think so. No no Spriggs, uh, Marigali match before. Uh, Sands and Erberth is one that we had at, I believe, Copa Podio, right? Uh, yeah, nope. way back in Urberth the day. Erberth won that one. Uh, Low, kind of obviously beat Low in the World Finals this year. And Anderson Muniz hasn't fought any of these guys. He's a brown belt, and he's fighting a, a Dolpho coming back. Uh, Chase and Ryan, half the crew here, are actually going to Korea next week. I'm jealous about that.
1: I'm very excited, man. It'll be my my third time in Korea, actually, uh, second Spider event. And those guys know how to put on a show. One of the the most gorgeous venues I've ever been to, uh, top to bottom professionalism. I mean, we have like a three-hour walkthrough the day before where everyone has to do the opening ceremony. They talk about where to stand before the matches uh, begin, where they go when the matches are over. It's hyper-professional, really well-run. And, uh, I mean, there's also, let's not forget hundred thousand dollars per division on the line here so these guys are going for some big cash prizes what's uh what's everyone's favorite first round matchup here in the 100 kilograms what are I, you guys thinking
2: I was thinking the same thing I mean if you're talking high level guys going at each other uh low is probably the toughest matchup but Anderson Anderson had also so interesting to me uh
1: most intriguing yeah. match, yeah, right? Yeah. I, I have to maybe concur with you on that Ryan, one,
2: Ryan. Which one of these? You'll be out there. Which one of these matches are you looking forward to out of the uh, first round?
3: Out of the first round, it's gotta be the one with Adolfo. I, I Yeah, have. yeah.
2: I mean, Adolfo coming back, right? He's, He's so yeah. big.
1: Ricardo, give us your thoughts.
0: Yeah, I want I want to see Adolfo. I, I want to see Adolfo against this Anderson kid. Um, I think Anderson's got nothing to lose. He's gonna go for it, and I want to see how Adolfo deals with that. But but I got some hot, I got some hot news for you guys. Somebody, I won't say who in that bracket has. There's a little WhatsApp, uh, Brazilian WhatsApp audio going floating around the interwebs right now. It sounds And real one sketchy. of those guys, <laughs> well, I, I heard it myself. But one of those guys is planning to win and make a huge call out after this. I'm not going to say his name, but his name. Rhymes with schmerigali.
2: Yeah, I think I think we can all guess that. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, uh, yes, schmerigali, my favorite dish. I think
2: we can all guess who the call out would probably be too. But I mean, it, it's it's going to be a, a long way for him to get there. You got to be Spriggs. Uh, I mean, I mean, I think he's obviously a favorite against Spriggs. Then probably a grudge match with Herberth. I mean, that match might t- just turn into a fist fight. Who knows? Those guys really do not like each other. Mm. And yeah. uh, then I mean, whoever comes out of the other side. I mean, I don't want to sound like I'm writing off Anderson, but probably Hadofoa or Kainen. I mean, that's, yeah. Man, whoever wins this, it's going to be huge for them. Not not even just the money, but just to make it through this tournament. The implications with the pound-for-pound pound rankings, I mean, I think Marigalli sort of got an easy route there compared to the other side, but I think he's got a great shot here. And, uh, yeah, I mean, the big question is Rodolfo, right?
1: Absolutely. I do think Rodolfo, uh, I mean, I'm as excited as all you guys, but he's taking a little bit of the shine off of uh, kind and Leandro, which I think is one of the most important matches uh, of the year in a way because it's a, a rematch, of course, of the world's final where Kynan kind of solidified the fact that he's the king at the moment uh, of that division. And uh, Leandro, you know, he wants that win back. This is important for him, and it could really get yeah. the momentum going in the right direction.
2: Leandro looked at BJ stars like, I mean, he still didn't look like the old Leandro, and Kind is just getting better and better. Mm. I, I think I favor Kynan even more there than I did at Worlds, but I mean, Kind is another guy, man. If Kynan wins this bracket. He's number four pound for pound right now. He won basically everything. Took a few random losses this year, but if he wins this bracket, beats low Rodolfo Marigali, clear pound for pound number one for Kynan right there. Yeah, hard
1: to argue against it. I think uh, and rodolfo is my dream match of this event, to be honest, because I feel like Kainan's, uh Rodolfo 2.0 in a lot of ways. Great. Yeah.
2: Ricardo, I'd be interested to hear uh, your opinion on Rodolfo on kainan how you think that one might play out.
0: Again, you know, Rodolfo's been away you know he's been away from competition Um, I I think he's gonna miss the rhythm of competing a little bit and sort of the nuances with these you know sort sort of tricky guards especially the ones that Kynan does but again I mean Adolfo's Adolfo man like if he just goes in there insists on his game he has a chance of beating Kynan so it's pretty interesting I I don't know who's gonna win that one I I can't really say because I didn't really think Kynan was gonna do well at the black belt cbd uh event last year and he won it or you Rodolfo, know what i mean, mean. so yeah. Yeah. or sorry Hodolfo, my bad but you know it's, yeah, he beat ali I mean, he beat ali there is, yeah exactly you know and uh you know he had that funny uh incident where he dropped his cell phone in the middle of the kit dale match yeah. but uh yeah, yeah, yeah i, I was, forgot <laughs> about that
1: yeah
0: <laughs> yeah this, so this, i don't know for this. those of you who haven't seen it, he dropped his he's fighting kit dale and then his cell phone drops out mm-hmm. and he's like Oh, sorry, bro. Sorry. it picks it up. But, yeah, I don't know. It's kind of is another match that I can't wait to see. No idea who's going to win that, but it should be fireworks.
2: This is the thing with Kinda man. Uh, I'm not doubting that guy anymore because I've counted him out so many times where he's going – like his first year at Black Belt, he's going against this guy. He's just going out and beating everybody. <laughs> he, mm. he already has, like – I think I counted yesterday. He's got, like, 95 matches at Black Belt already in and, a and one, one, little, over, little over one year at Black Belt. But, I mean, is a beast – Ryan, uh, you're writing you're writing something about Rodolfo uh, at the moment, right? Yeah, yeah. What that what, what were some of the names that that uh, on was? What are some of the scalps he's claimed so far in his career?
3: Man, well, it started off with Braulio uh, Estima, and then um, let's see, What's we got Pacheco on the... that yeah, list. Yeah, Pacheco, uh, Bernardo Rafael Faria. Lovato Jr. Sh- I
1: think He's got to win over Keenan at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yuri Simone, basically the who's who, you know, and Rodolfo. Uh, is a big guy, but he's not ultra heavyweight or anything, right? I mean, super heavy. He used to be like Bernardo, super yep. heavy. So
2: But I mean, yeah, he's a monster, man. I mean if, if Adolfo shows up on point, he can pass anybody's guard. I mean I wouldn't I mean Nicholas's guard has been passed in the last couple of years by Ali and by Honorio. I wouldn't be surprised. I mean if Adolfo gets if Adolfo gets to where he wants to be with his passing sequences, he could pass anybody's guard in this bracket, I'd say. But uh yeah, I mean training for the ufc and training for ibjjf style competitions is different we'll see how he's adjusted but
1: yeah of course rodolfo just had a, a big win in, in the ufc um right around adcc right maybe two weeks after adcc it was just a few weeks ago um
2: what if anderson muniz wins this thing do we just throw out the black belt? <laughs> Do we just throw out the black belt rankings at that point? Let like, me what? restructure <laughs> yeah. the jiu-jitsu belt system. <laughs> yeah. That's what happens. Yeah, really. You're gonna have to rewrite that article if Anderson Muniz wins this.
1: Yeah, thing. it just proves my point. You know, I think. I mean, it's not impossible to imagine an upset. Anderson is a very modern player. Uh, his brother is a lapel wizard, which makes me believe that Anderson's got a few tricks there. Which you know, that could really be the key to slowing Rodolfo down is wrapping yeah. him up there with that modern lapel game.
2: Yeah, um, uh, let's go through and uh, I think pick some guys. I, I think I'll go Marigali-Urberth-Semi. I'll go Kynan-Hadolfo-Semi. I'll say Kynan beats Adolfo, Marigali beats Erberth, and I'll say Marigali wins the rubber match versus Kynan in the final. it would be how I would look at it. What do you think, Chase? Way wait, wait, wait to pick all
1: the favorites there, Mike. Going out on a limb, uh, going out really? on a limb. I mean, is
2: Kynan that big of a favorite <laughs> over Adolfo? Or, or, I mean, he's a favorite over Low, but I mean, I think a lot of people would pick Adolfo over Kynan. All
1: right. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to shake things up here. I think uh, we're actually going to see a Marigali- semi semifinal i think it's not
2: that crazy to say because you never know with her
1: exactly exactly yeah. you stole the words from my mouth there i think uh herbert is all over the place he can be an absolute killer one of the best on the planet or he can just not show up he travels hard too he's coming a long way to get over there and uh, we'll see how that how he fares i think Marigali would take that win but herbert let's not forget has a submission win over Marigali. it's a long time ago Marigali was still brown belt at Copa Podio 2016. So you
2: got Nicholas Calasanz, and then I'm, I'm guessing you got Calasanz going to the final.
1: <laughs> um, I mean, anything's possible. Calasanz yeah. is, is a legend and a, yeah. and a veteran. but He's just so small for this bracket. Yeah, I think I think you've got to give it to Marigali, but uh, you never really know. So I, I, I will pick Marigali to make it to the final, but I do predict Calasanz-Marigali semi. Um, I'm going to take Leandro. Yeah, I'm, you am going to Leandro? Mi- I'm going to mix it up. You know, Leandro has been kinda of bang his head against the wall I feel like all yeah. twenty nineteen. There's a hundred grand on the on the, on the grand He on might the show line. up in shape with a hundred grand on the line. And uh he's been busy, he's been working hard. He's not that far off. You know, Kynan did have a, uh, an excellent match against him at Worlds, but let's not forget he hurt his knee in his uh semifinal match with Jackson Souza. Thing was all bandaged up and uh he wasn't one hundred percent in that match. So I, I maybe he's got some some new tricks. Maybe he uh has a different approach in this match. I don't know, but let's see. I'm gonna I'm gonna take Leandro there, and I'm also gonna take Rodolfo. I think Rodolfo might be too much. The experience, um the sheer volume of his passing and strength might be a little bit too much for Anderson. Uh, but right,
2: I, uh, Rodolfo low. Who you got?
1: Whew, now that I, now that I'm seeing that match, they it fought before, mind, but this is a new low. This, this is a uh, this is a new low. Thirty pounds heavier low. That's right. um I think Leandro might take it I might take you uh, might, might see Marigali Leandro number 3 or 4 no it'd be like number 6 number or 6 yeah, yeah. It's, it's up there um, I
2: think Leandro's got 3 wins uh, Nicholas has 2 but Nicholas won the last 2 I believe that's how it played out
1: so we'll see that, that's how I'm picking it kind of took a long time on that sorry guys All Ric- right. Ricardo give, me, give, me, give us your breakdown here the belay especially. It's
0: too tough. It, it's too tough, guys. I, like, these, we just did it. There's no that, huh? easy... <laughs> no, no, no. Hey, come on. Let's be real here. There's no easy That's fights here. Real. The one thing I will say is, you know, Colossans has been out of action for a while. So... It's tough to say whether you know he can easily beat Erberth or not because he I haven't seen him compete in a long time. Hey, nobody so said any
1: one. easy wins. I, I didn't yeah. hear easy out of Michael. Okay,
2: think has got to be the favorite there. He's just so much bigger and he's beaten before. But yeah, with Herbert's inconsistency, hard to hard to call it.
0: I, and, and another thing, I think you guys are sleeping on my boy Tim Spriggs. I mean, you guys are you know I, I think Spriggs if he plays the right game plan. He could totally outpoint Marigali with the takedown off the opening round and avoid his guard. If he plays the right strategy, he has a chance. Will he do it? I don't know. If I had to just guess generally, I think it's going to maybe favor Marigali and Kynan, but anything can happen. Like I said, like Sprinks could just mess everyone's plans up, take it to Marigali, outpoint him um you know a guy like low could come back with a vengeance low is like a wounded animal every time you think he's about to die he comes back and takes you down so you never know what's gonna (laughs) happen it's exciting either way i I just i can't wait to see it
2: no disrespect to anybody but i think everyone can agree that uh marigali sort of had the easier road out of the the big four names in there i mean if you look at kynan or leandro they're gonna have to Kynan's gonna have to beat leandro hadolfo just to make it probably to marigali i mean that's a tough he's gonna He's going to have to go through awards just just to make it to the final if Leandro kind of makes it. So Let's not forget, road. though,
1: now, now that I'm thinking back, uh, Spriggs did beat Mateus Denise, Calisans, and No,
2: he looked great. He, I think he passed Mateus Denise's card to,
1: yeah. at that tournament. And uh, there's one more name there, I forget, but that was a spider qualifier earlier this year to, to claim his spot here in the final. So you're right, Ricardo, to point out that Spriggs on his day uh, and the right momentum can beat just about anybody in the world.
2: Ryan, can you look up who Spriggs' third win was to qualify for this from Spider? hmm He beat Mateus, Denise, Calisans, uh, and somebody else.
1: And then uh, also, be sure to forward any spicy social comments to us there, Ryan, as uh, I'm sure people have some 100 grand, that's just nuts, huh? Yeah, well, we got Spriggs getting the grill. What does Herbert do with $100,000?
0: I don't know if we ever see
2: her birth again if he wins $100,000. <laughs> Rides off into the sunset.
0: <laughs> yeah. Dude, yeah. Uh, that's a that's a lot of food for those pigs in the farms, like Gordon Ryan always comments <laughs> on. Yeah, As we, Gordon
1: Ryan would say, yes.
0: Yeah,
2: I mean, we already went over uh, 76 last week, I think. Safe to say, Argus is probably the favorite there, but there's some stud.
1: Yeah, let's just run through the names real quick yeah. while uh, Ryan looks up those facts. Um, so, yes, there are two brackets at Spider if you haven't been paying attention the last couple of weeks. And the 100 kilogram, which we just discussed, and the 76 and under kilogram. Uh, equally stacked bracket Super intense uh, Matches there We have Jonathan Alves Versus Jamil Hill Taylor It's a rematch Rematch Close one last time Edwin Najmi Is going to take on Mateus Gabriel uh, Interesting matchup there A little bit of a Science disparity But Mateus Gabriel Is the current uh, World champion And Edwin Is I think Number 23 or 4 Ranked uh, um, uh, Lightweight
2: In the Gi Yeah He hasn't uh, yeah. been doing Too much in the Gi Lately
1: but Then we have On the other side Of the bracket Gabriel Larges Versus Levi Jones Leary That's a wild matchup
2: that's that's a final right there, in my opinion. I, I think if you uh, put them opposite sides, I would make that the final.
1: Then we have rounding out that that division, Mateus Lutz versus insung Jang.
2: I don't really get that uh, bracketing how that that ended up with a first round match with all these world champs and pan champs, but yeah,
1: well, you know, it's a pro show; they can do whatever yeah. the hell they want. Yeah. And um, either way, equally stat bracket. You can you can actually look uh, on flowgraphing for full analysis of that division that's already been published. Uh, Ryan, I think you have some info for us.
3: Yeah, so it's showing that Tim Spriggs beat Hudson Mateus. Uh, that's oh,
1: that's a that's a big that's right. one, dude. He that's beat right. Hudson.
2: He beat Hudson, Spriggs, and All in that. All bracket. one day. That's a, yeah. that's
1: a huge win. Huge, huge Spriggs. performance.
2: Spriggs is another guy. I mean, he just I mean it was just basically, you know, just an uneventful ref decision, but he just beat Urberth I mean, he was out
1: there pushing Urberth around a little bit. Spriggs is looking good too, man. You put in that work for ATC, right? I mean, you, you do that long camp, uh, pays dividends. He's in amazing shape. I so. tell
2: you what, hundred grand on the line. These guys, I think you can, you can count on everybody's going to be showing up on their game. They're going to be in shape. They're gonna, I mean, you would imagine they're going to be in. This is the biggest tournament of their life, monetarily. They're, nothing's paid them this much. This will mean a lot to them, especially these guys who live in Brazil. I mean, that's 400,000 reais you can make in one day.
1: Yeah, and and I believe, I don't know if it's confirmed or maybe just a bonus, but there could be a, a Spider sponsorship potentially on the line too, and I know those guys pay pretty well. At the very least, their gear is sick. And, um, yeah, it's, it's a valuable tournament. Plus, they've shown to bring back previous champions known Jamil's back. Um, uh, so... It's good to win this tournament as it will pay off again in the future. I can't wait to go back to Korea, man. Ryan, what is the first thing you want to do when you get on the ground? We have three or four days in the country, which is longer, actually, than I've ever been able to stay. So I want to do some sightseeing. I want to do some training. Ryan, anything you want to do?
3: I want to go straight to the warm-up mat and see Adolfo warming up. All right. Yeah. Uh, that would
1: definitely get the blood flowing off the yeah. flight. See Rodolfo, I don't know, doing some snap downs. I don't know, working some takedowns or something.
2: You guys are putting on weight. You should ask Rodolfo some advice, how much milk he drinks, <laughs> the, all that all that
1: type of stuff. They probably have some, some different kind of milk out there. <laughs> but, he right, drinks yeah. at least two that gallons milk. of milk a day. Ryan Ryan least. is on the GoMad diet right now. I was on semi-GoMad diet. How'd you fall off? I fell off, man. Oh, it was man. October only. Mm-hmm. You know, It was sober October. Ricardo, how many gallons of milk do you drink in a day? How did you become the white Uh,
2: whale? (laughs) (laughs) uh, They're keeping milk in the fridge at at work.
0: (laughs) Yeah, no, I don't drink. I don't have a lot of milk. I just have frozen acai in my fridge. I try to take the milk out of my diet. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's all about the acai. Guys, I'm sorry. I got to run to go teach class. It's been a pleasure joining you once again. Uh, For those of you guys who are watching at home, please share this. And we'll see you next week.
2: Next week, I think they'll be in Korea. be me, you, and somebody else. Maybe Hal will be in here with us. So we'll, we'll talk about spider and stuff more next week.
0: Sounds good. See you then. Later, Ricardo. All right. See
1: you, Ricardo. I think the, uh, the milk scared him off. A
0: bit. Yeah. <laughs> he, he didn't like
1: that too much. He's like, time for me to go when the milk comes out.
2: I'm going to do it. I'm going uh, to do it in January. Let's see how much weight I can put you're on. You're going to do the Go Mad. I'll try it with you guys. All right. got to right. get back on it, though. we got to do a challenge so you can put on the
1: most weight. Yeah, I think month. I'm going to coast the rest of the year and uh, hit 29, get back down 2020 to 140, strong. Get back down to 145 so you're ready to blow up. Exactly. Challenge. Get yeah. huge again. So I, I had my weekend of being jacked. I got kind of tired of it. So
2: All right. BGA Fanatics. We lost Gordon, big bummer, but I think it sort of opens this bracket up, right? Yeah. Because if Gordon's there, it's like, okay, Gordon's it's his to lose. I mean, Nick's a big name, but I think,
1: I mean, Nick and Hulk's a cool match, right? Nick and Hulk is a great match, one we, we haven't seen before. Um, and it, Hulk is down to scrap. You know, some guys play very conservatively. I think Hulk will want to test Nick's strength, and Nick will be happy to give it back to him.
2: Hulk's probably bombed. I'm sure he wanted a Gordon rematch. But, I mean, something else I like here is Nick and Hulk, obviously, you know, the big names there. But under EBI rules, a lot of these other guys could do some damage, man.
1: And Nick could get knocked out early because Nick is not exactly a finisher, right? He he bullies guys, pushes them around, but he's not known for the subs. Yeah, so uh, overtime might really uh, present a problem for him.
2: Well, he's got his thing that if he locks his hands underneath your eyebrows, he can just, I don't know. I wouldn't want yeah. him to start on my back. I know yeah, that yeah. that would be a terrible he, position. He sounded pumped on it. When I talked to him the other day uh, to get a quote about his announcement, he asked me, he said, what What are the rules? <laughs> <laughs> So I told him I said EBI and he's like, oh man, even easier. So he he was he was stoked on. It. I think he's confident in these rules. But I mean, there's a lot of guys who specialize. We got some Tenth Planet guys who specialize in these rules here. This guy, some someone to watch, I think, is this guy. I don't know how you say his last name. Bame, Boom, I, I Kyle, saying, Boom. Kyle Boom, Cal, Bo- Boom, or Bame. Uh, yeah, Cal. Uh, this dude's a stud, man. He just won that King of the Match. Uh, I don't know if you saw the graphic, uh, X-ray and video of he broke Dan Borvik's leg out there. Oh no, he tapped Dante Leon he had a, like a rolling Kamara to the back tap learning. he beat Tex and uh ebi overtime out there so he's on a roll
1: okay You got Tex. just joined fight sports Tex is by at the fight way. sports yeah. he's yeah. At,
2: a, <laughs> at a great camp i mean so if he gets on your foot last night. if he gets on your foot i mean it's just a tap by scream right yeah yeah straight foot lock heel hook whatever i mean usually straight foot lock but he's dangerous
1: Tex is also an ebi veteran so he knows the rules very well
2: yeah and then you got a uh, I mean, I think Dante says he's not doing it. John Gracie's Gracie is somebody to watch, but you got a Cody Steele's in there. A bunch of young guys with nothing to lose, like Cody Steele, Tackett. I mean, you got Victor Cerverio's in there. He's not a young guy, but I mean, he's he's a vet. You got John Combs could always mix it up. Jason Rao, John Combs. You got a lot of smaller guys, a lot of a lot of young guys with nothing to lose that I think are just going to be going out there selling out, especially under these submission only rules. That uh, I think I think there's going to be a lot of upsets there this week. There's
1: not. Is there an upper weight limit to this, or is it just kind of wide open? It
3: doesn't
2: it, look like Because, I mean, with guys open. like Nikki
1: Rod in there yeah. and John Combs, there's a pretty yeah. large disparity. Yeah, I talked
3: a- to uh, Cody Steele the other day, and he wants uh, Luke, uh, or Lucas, as his first round. Lucas, Lucas- Hulk. Lucas Hulk. Lucas- Hulk. And Luke- a big weight difference, but uh, Cody and all those guys, they train E B I roles every day. Out there So yeah, I don't these, know Something a, to watch
2: There's a bunch of crazy people in there This is the, sub, <laughs> the sub only scene uh, Like when I was interviewing a bunch of these guys on the phone when, when Gordon was still in there Every person I talked to was like I want Gordon in my first match That's Everybody's, gotta be. everybody's going gotta out gotta there be. trying to get trying to make a name off of this You know BJ Fanatics Everybody wants to impress BJ Fanatics Nobody, Nobody's going to be trying to I don't think we're going to see people trying to stall their way to the overtime I think we're going to see people showing up Trying to really impress people
1: And really going after the submission That's great. You're going to be on the ground there, and that's a Friday night competition, not the Saturday. It starts at 6.30 Eastern time. Yeah. Uh, We don't have the brackets yet. I believe they're going to be made the same day. Yeah, I was told the day of. So that information is pending, but all the same. Exciting stuff. Can't wait to see what you bring back from there. Gordon will be on on hand to commentate.
2: Yeah, should be interesting. Yeah, tune in just for Gordon's commentary. He's going to be
1: probably pretty raw on there. Uh, I I believe we'll hear, that is trash, like a thousand times. That technique is trash. Yeah. (laughs) 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 any favorites for you? Let's make some picks. Why not? Let's just throw it out there. Uh, it's hard to say without a bracket. but Yeah,
2: two guys who got on the podium at ADCC, uh, Nick and uh, Hulk. And obviously, and obviously there are two of the bigger guys there too. But like I said, I wouldn't be surprised if one of these like sub-only type of guys, 10th Planet, uh, you know, leg lock guys, guys who are familiar with EBI Rose, I would not be surprised if one of those guys knocks off the big names. And who knows? I mean, maybe we'll see somebody who's, you know, not considered to be on the level of Hulk or Nick Rodriguez coming away with the 10 grand. So you're
1: picking Hulk or Rodriguez as uh, your top two guys?
2: That would be my final. That would be my guess. My top two seeds.
1: Okay, I'm going to go with. Uh, I like Tex. I like Tex in the he mix. Keith Krikorian in there, too. He's a 66 kilograms. Yeah. Guy. What a savage. He would a match with uh, Bushesha at 80 to yeah. That's a, a rough draw, but he's game for it. So, for me, I'm going to. Everybody's
2: I'm, probably gassed up off of Lachlan, too. Lachlan went out there. Oh, yeah, 100%. Heel hook three big dudes. So, everybody, everybody's believing in themselves right now. And there's a lot of heel hook guys in there.
1: Yeah, we even have uh, Joe Bayes, one of the original leg lockers in the game. Um, but for me, my top two uh, I said Tex. I like Tex's chances in this. He's a big dude, very well vers- versed in the leg locks and has EBI experience. But um, I'm going to throw it out there my wild card. Maybe not my favorite, but my wild card is John Combs. He's game for the scrap. Uh, ADCC West Coast champion, West Coast Trials champion. Uh, had an amazing match with Cyborg at Nogi Worlds. Actually, yeah. uh, really, really had a fun wrestling match. A lot of big, big action, big scrambles John, there.
2: John can guillotine anybody. He's he guillotined guillotine like anybody. Izaki's guillotined uh, Tonoko, Guillotine Jerry Dopp. Like, yeah, the guillotine's just like a hook. It's you know, it's a trump card. You, you can get it on anybody. You can get. You can be getting your. You know, ass kicked the entire fight, and all of a sudden hit that guillotine, and you got it, you know. So, yeah, I mean, so many exciting guys. It's right going to be too. fun, though. Either yeah, way,
1: yeah. I I like these kind of open weight tournaments. I mean, everyone loves the Absolute just because there's a little bit more action. People, it's hard to play conservative against someone that's got 40 pounds of muscle on you. So, you just kind of go for broke. Ryan, any uh, any favorites out there? Anyone standing out that you're looking to see? Dark Horses?
3: Uh, I'm picks. looking for Tex Johnson. I think I think he's going to surprise some people, him and uh, Nicky Rod
1: you did uh some work on the nicky rod film is is he as physical as it seems yes when you're standing next to him and an imposing force
3: it, it, i mean i've stood next to muhammad ali and i think uh nick rodriguez is about the same size
1: yeah he's an intense dude i can't wait to see him make it about what, there is he
3: like 240 or something
1: easy yeah yeah and just pure muscles ripped a lot of milk he drinks a lot of milk. <laughs> a lot of man. milk lot of gotta milk. ask him about the milk <laughs>
2: yeah uh, uh uh, what else we got? Grapple Fest seven, the week after that from Liverpool. We already mentioned Craig and Adam. Dante Leona Marcio is a good one.
1: You did a little uh piece up with Marcel Andre. What's going on in his life? Anything new?
2: Uh well he's uh just looking for fights wherever. I mean, this one's eighty five kilograms. He took it, he said he was seventy six. So I mean yeah, eighty five
1: is a huge division for Marcio Andre. Yeah,
2: nine kilograms is I mean, you're talking about a twenty pounds under the weight limit that that he's gonna be weighing in. And, uh, but I mean he's an OG World Champion he's beat a lot of big names he's a very exciting guy Tolos are on there uh, one of them I can't remember which ones one of them fighting Halpin the Irish guy that was at Fight Sports right he's Irish I believe
1: yeah he is Irish Ryan mm-hmm. can you
2: back me up there he's yeah Irish. he's Irish yeah yeah and then the other one is fighting uh, uh, Australian guy uh, Skinner Skinner Jeremy Skinner I mean, an absolute MMA guy who you know their game And uh, we actually
1: have a, a pending it's not released yet I, I just came through uh, an interview from Craig Jones interviewing Jeremy Skinner Hey Ryan, can you Flessing look up which one?
2: Who's fighting? Is is Cade fighting uh, Skinner? I believe.
1: Should be on the event hub there. Well, well.
2: And also touch there. We'll what else do we have going on? That those matches plus correct. So a lot of good, a lot of good submission only mat uh, action in the next couple of weeks. And uh, man, Let's... something that's crazy though. That same weekend, Davy Ramos and Gary Tone. I think we'll get more into this one next week. But that's a huge match.
1: Yeah, I'm very excited to see Gary back in the grappling arena on a regular basis. Um, you know, we, he just resigned with one, I believe, recently, one at one FC, and uh, is really, very really close to making a title run, in my opinion. But he's still doing grappling events and taking on top talent. I mean, perfect,
2: got, perfect guy to get on these uh, fight to win rules. Hundred percent. Like if you so want somebody, exciting. if you want somebody for fight to win, get somebody like Gary Tonin, Right? He's not going to go out there and just try and sweep and some like win a fight to win match like that for whatever reason. He's Mm-mm. Gary goes after the, the submission the entire time. Every second he was on the mat at ADCC was exciting. Really glad that he's back in the grappling world. And uh, he's fighting Davi Ramos, the guy who uh, flying arm Lucas Leprey in that ADCC final. Yeah,
1: yeah also a, a beast MMA fighter. I'm sure we'll have some size on Gary Davi Ramos is freaking jacked. So, uh, Gary, of course, not afraid of the big boys. Took on Husamar Paul Harris not so long ago. Um, and, yeah, that's, that is absolutely going to be fireworks.
2: And then uh, also at Third Coast... Next month, next month we'll have Third Coast and, uh, obviously, Nogi Worlds. But Third Coast has some other matchups. Uh, what do we got? We got
1: Edwin Najmi versus uh, Gilbert Burns. Uh, Edwin Najmi versus Durino. that's in the gi. Then we have Jake Shields versus uh, Hamlo Bahal. Yeah. I, I believe that's, that's a fun match right there. That should be an interesting
2: one. We got a lot of cool Nogi stuff coming up in the next month leading up to Nogi Worlds, for yeah, sure.
1: Yes, so we'll stay busy there. Um, like you mentioned earlier... Ryan and I are going to be out in Korea next week, but we'll figure out how to get the show going. Mm -hmm. Uh, Stay tuned for a lot of content on the ground from Korea. Ryan and I will be putting out some fun stuff, whatever we can get. And uh, I'm very excited to keep this show moving. What did you guys think of the graphics? Uh, Let us know in the comments. Maybe we'll we'll get a little bit of feedback from you guys.
2: Before we go, upcoming IBJJF stuff. we got the Sul Americano, South Mm -hmm. Americans. Got some good girls going. Bianca Basilio, our favorite. Tamara Ferreira, Karina Santi at Black Belt. You got some good Black Belt: Tiago George, Cleber Souza, Bebeto Oliveira. That guy Nathan Nathan mm. that we were talking about is going again. And then uh, New York fall open. We got both Meows in action. Joao is at light feather. Paulo is at feather. Marcos Tinoco is going there. I was excited that Dominica, uh former, uh, I don't she's back know how, in action. I don't know how to say her last name. Oh, Obalente. I'm throw it out there. I don't know. I don't know. I was excited that she was registered, but apparently she's not going to be able to do this one. But she's coming back. So that's a that's a that's big news. Former absolute black belt world champion so for her to get back in the mix I'd be really excited on the women's side of things and uh, yes yeah, so there's some, some good IBJJF stuff going down this week too
1: very nice well thank you guys for joining us for episode three of who's number one hope you enjoyed the show do not forget to tune in to the Gordon Ryan edCC experience tonight 8 p.m the king that's our full flow film on his double goal performance and uh, stay tuned till next week we'll see you guys on the next episode of who's number one <laughs>
0: greatest jiu-jitsu competitors we have right now and whoever wins this has the right to face Andre Galvão at 2021 ADCC World Championships. Will it be Marcus Salveda Puchesha or Gordon Ryan? I don't